Welcome to the VSA Technology and Transitional Energy podcast. It's Thursday the 10th of March and I'm with Phil Smith. I'm myself, David Scriven, and of course, Andrew is away skiing. And I wonder what kind of technology he's using uh, on his ski trip, or maybe it's just the VSA scarf and the VSA goggles that uh, matter for him at the moment. Anyways, um, in turbulent times, uh, wanted to, I wanted to look at the stats um, in the marketplace and noted that um, in clean technology, the European Renewables Index had a really sharp rally uh, of 6%, and that was spurred along by the EU considering bonds to finance energy spending. And looking at the tech space, it was very interesting to see last night how the rally in the S&P 500, the real driver behind it, the strongest performer was information technology, which rallied almost 4%. Semis were up 4.3. And I noted that Taiwanese exports in February were up 34%. Uh, software was up 4.2% and hardware was 3.3. Now we all appreciate these are very, very volatile markets. So. What we want to do today is focus on those long-term themes and maybe to get us started, I'll ask Phil to talk about uh, cybersecurity. Um, yeah, very much to the um, to the fore at the moment, David, and, and interesting to see the recovery in tech stocks, some recovery, you know, given the sell-off that we've had uh, on the, you know, on the NASDAQ over the last few months, so the concerns over interest rates. But um, yeah, in terms of uh, looking at cybersecurity, obviously a global issue, uh, coming very much to the fore, but um, I'm sure you spotted the news that uh, Google acquired uh, Mandiant, uh, who on NASDAQ quoted, the ticker on NASDAQ is MNDT, um, and they've agreed they're paying $5.4 billion uh, to acquire uh, this cybersecurity um, company, and they're paying over nine times um, their sales. It looks like the forecast I saw on Icon were for $562 million of sales. So, you know, nine times sales, that may seem like a, an awful lot to be paying, but remember that they are buying um, highly specialized technology here. But um, yeah, certainly investment uh, activity has not slowed down. No, indeed. And um, I guess it might give a little bit of a push to Amazon and Microsoft in the M&A space to bulk up cloud platforms. Sort of the targets in that area might be sort of Veronis, Tenable, sale point rapid seven and i name those names in the context of them being sources on bloomberg so uh, do look out for that uh, uh, acquisition and uh, uh, see from bloomberg further thoughts uh, relating to it but maybe that leads also into dark trace well yeah a bit, bit closer to home for us uh, dark trace the ticker is d-a-r-k the market cap is 3.3 uh, 3 billion um and forecasts uh, again, from Icon for for revenue of uh, 410 million, the PBT break even. But um, dark trace and cyber security based on um, artificial intelligence, and they have you know dark trace is really well established, um, and they have support 4,700 organisations in 100 countries. So proper UK-based uh, international tech company, um, and they have their. Uh, six months ending results, the 31st of December 21st, David, and what remarkable growth they showed. 
uh, their revenues were up 52 percent to 192 million and um, they finally moved into an EBIT profit, which was, was very good to see. And the EBITDA profit, of course, before depreciation amortization was up from 14 million to 30, nearly 35 million. So strong sales growth of there, you know, dropping right through uh, to really strong EBITDA growth, which is something that we uh, that we really focus on. Um, I was also quite interested to see, Dave, you know, as with all growth companies, there's always an element of patience uh, required and they, they you know they pointed out that their operating expenses have been held back through covid you know they're cutting down on travel entertainment office you know office costs but they're expecting to see um you know expenses i think rise a little bit in the uh in the second half of the year but nonetheless um they are increasing their full year expectations from uh, ones that they presented just only in january um and this is this has been driven in part by increased recurring revenues again an, an attribute we look for and they're expecting the, the the group to grow by 44 uh 44 i think year on year so so good strong growth coming through there yeah no absolutely i mean um another thing that um you could see from the results as well is a pretty strong robust gross margin sort of circa 90 percent just just a fraction shy of that so um you know, whenever he's talking about stagflation and what you want to buy, people with pricing power and 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 people who aren't going to lose margins, their, their margins. These are the kinds of people you're going to be wanting to look at. Maybe that then leads on to another name that you would uh, like to chat about, and that's Spectris. Uh, yeah, indeed. Well, in fact, David, you you've jumped a bit there. But I was going to quickly talk about Spike oh, first. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's that's, that's fine. Spirant. Uh, ticker is SPT. The market cap is 1.4 billion, uh, and this is one that we've covered before in uh, in VSA podcasts. Uh, and Spirant is a um, UK based, uh, sells internationally, and they sell test equipment, um, and it's test equipment for communications networks. And be those networks communicating data around data centres, across mobile communications networks, and of course mobile handsets. Um, and Spirant is one that we kind of picked out and talked about in the past because of the growth in 5G. And 5G, you know, they, these guys are exposed at a very early stage in any rollout of a new communications tech. And the reason is because people in the laboratories and businesses are developing uh, those new handsets and, 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 and new equipment for transmission systems. And so they're in quite early on. Uh, but uh, what was really notable is that Spirant um, has reported, uh, just been reporting its results, and they have said that their order books uh, have grown by 18%. And of that, 14% was organic growth. And a lot of this was driven by 5G uh, networks rolling out. And they are, and again, this is an attribute we really look for in tech companies, their, their R&D investment um, during a period totaled $113 million, and that equated to 20% of their revenue. Always look out for this in tech companies. Look how much they spend on R&D, because that's their investment in growing uh, growing their product portfolio and in growing their market share. So, so good, strong um, good strong growth in orders there, and um, particularly, uh, I'd like to point out again, you know what you said about the gross margins, David, and defensiveness. So, 
you know, if you look to their revenue, the, the organic revenue was up by 10% to £576 million, but their gross margin was 73.7% and their operating margins 20.6%. So really good, uh, strong margins inspire its business there uh, and good growth in its orders. And I'm not surprised to see the market uh, the market react uh, react to those numbers today. And just looking at the rating, I mean, it's on revenue is 2.6 times its revenue, 1.4 times EV EBITDA. So, you know, good, good quality business. Good stuff. I mean, and on that subject, great theme 5G, I noted that Apple iPhone SE3 2022 uh, goes on pre-order tomorrow, but maybe I shouldn't really be talking about this because members of the Scriven family might hear and that uh, ask me to start uh, putting an order in, so it could be uh, doing myself a disfavour <laughs> here. Um, anyways, uh, or have I lost the plot? Are we going now to Spectrus? We will go on to, we'll chat about, <laughs> chat about Spectrus. David, you're lucky it's not near Christmas, otherwise you would be getting present demands there. Now, now the Spectris, uh, the ticker is SXS, the market cap is £2.9 billion. Um, and Spectris make a wide range of instrumentation. Uh, and this is electronics kit that is used to make uh, measurements, be it from thickness of materials to noise and vibration to chemical analysis. Um, and their kit is used globally across a whole raft of industries. So everything from sort of mining, pharmaceuticals, automotive, aerospace, general engineering, industrial production. So Spectris, um, they had, uh, I don't know, it was just over a week ago, um, but there's a lot of talk in the press about a bid, putting in a bid for Oxford Instruments. Um, and Oxford Instruments tickers OXIG. Um, and, and Oxford Instruments, again, it's a it's a specialist instrumentation company, but their their instruments are used in um, for measuring like nan nanoscale and microscale. So used in the semiconductor industry, things like scanning electron microscope probes. They've got X-ray uh, X-ray technology, plasma etch technology, which I know is used in that's for manufacturing semis. Um, but and materials analysis tech, and so they're in. Similar markets in some ways. They're into pharmaceuticals, into aerospace, automotive, but also in a big way, the science community in R&D. So um, <clears throat> Oxford uh, Instruments confirmed so a week ago that he had received an offer um, from Spectris um, and its shares on Monday were 33% higher at uh, I think it was 26.8 pounds or 2680p. Um, and Spectrus came were, were down. Well, that's not always unusual, and as you know, in M&A activity, for the for the bidders' price to kind of come down on the solely on the deal. But um, it valued it valued Oxford Instruments at thirty one pounds a share. The whole deal, quite remarkable. Um, anyway, well, unfortunately, uh, this uh, bid is no longer going to take place and has been withdrawn. And Spectrus was citing um, uncertainty. Uh, in the Ukraine was a reason um, for visibility ahead. So, so that was that was I guess for Oxford Instruments shareholders that was well around probably a shame to see. But I would say you know maybe they will come back. Um, Spectrus at a later date. Uh, but I, you know both of these again are very high quality uh, UK businesses that are in some, you know exposed internationally and across a range of sectors. So you know, not surprising to see activity there. 
yeah, no, I'd tend to agree. So um, uh, I think uh, they they or someone else could could come back and you can understand some companies being a bit cautious in the current environment because it's very difficult to plot a path. But this company, as you've extolled, has got strong metrics. So uh, the story's not over there, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe that leads us on to um, the next uh, name on the agenda, HG. Yeah, HG Capital Trust. Well, we often, uh, <clears throat> David, uh, we, we often talk on the podcast about you know how to get exposure to uh, private technology companies. Um, you know, in terms of investing, because it's not always e easy for individual investors to get access, um, but also being able to spread risk <clears throat> in terms of your investing, you know, across a, a portfolio of businesses. Now, HG Capital Trust is, uh, the ticker is HGT. Uh, the market cap is 1.8 billion, and they reported their four-year results to December end. Um, and they, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed, David, I think we'll go through these, that um, they'd said that their portfolio performance, they'd return on their NAV, this is net asset values of the portfolio, increased by 44%, the 440p. They've net assets of more than 2 billion. So really strong, um, <clears throat> you know, strong set of results there. And yeah, we've had good, strong tech markets, but at the same time, you know, their portfolio companies are increasing value. Why they're increasing value because they are, you know, within themselves creating value and, and, and getting good results for their businesses. Um, and also talking about uncertainty in the markets, there's, there's quite a focus, I think, in HG on software as well and software as a service. So, you know, businesses with good um, recurring revenues. We just saw that, David. Um, so, uh, looking at the share price at the moment, I think you point out you're saying it's on a slight discount, slight premium. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, the current now is sort of circa 4.36ish, and it's currently round about uh, 4.05, 4.08. So you've got a nice little discount to nav here, and also you've got a divi which comes to round about 1.2%. So um, I think I'll be looking at for my own portfolio, Phil. <laughs> well, we always we always advise investors to do their homework uh, before <laughs> investing, and I advise you, David, to do the same. But what is quite what is quite of note here, and I, I'd always note this on HGT's results, is they say an investment of a thousand pounds made twenty years ago, David, always take a long term view, would now be worth twenty four thousand one hundred thirty four pounds return of over 2000%. But there you go. And that's taking a, that's taking a good long term view. You're right, sir. And being aged, um, almost 60, I should have learned by now some of these things. Likewise, I should have done, uh, you know, Microsoft and Apples and, and, and the likes of them 20 to 30 years ago. And <laughs> had I done that, maybe we wouldn't be having a conversation here. I'd be in the Caribbean. But anyway, that's another matter. Um, the uh, next one, I think, on the agenda is uh, Electro Components. Yeah, yeah, they uh that's <laughs> components. Tickets, tickets, ECM, uh, four billion market cap, covering a few larger companies actually this week, um, and they had a they had a trading update. Um, Electric components are a big international uh, reseller of electronic components, um, and you know they they've got they got really good international spread. But I before we go to the results, I, th I think what really has caught my eye about electric components is the way that throughout 
the downturn, um, you know, and the component shortages across the electronic industry. Remember, it's reselling all of these multinationals that make chips, make resistors, make capacitors, whatever it is in electronics there, these guys are reselling them, is that they continued, <clears throat> they continue to experience really strong growth. And, um, you know, just looking to their recent stats, they've said that in the nine weeks to uh, 4th of March trading update, uh, group sales have grown by 22%. Um, you know, and it's been, if you look at the prior quarters, it's been consistently above 20%. The way that they've managed to grow and managed to keep supplying in a, you know, in a complete environment of restrained uh, supply. So it shows the type of, you know, the quality of operation um, that they've got. And they're also saying that their industrial product ranges into industrial markets are 75% of group revenue. Um, and they saw like for like revenue growth of 22%. Well, why is that? You know, why do I think that's important? Is that like the industrial markets, Dave, as you know, as you come through an economic cycle and through a recovery, then you see a lot more capital spend that was held back. Um, and it gets in, invested into industrial equipment. So I thought that was quite, you know, they're, they're capturing capturing that recovery. Um, and the shares, you know, they're share, trading on a peg of 0.8 times. This is according to Icon data, but investors need to check. Um, and we always look, you know, peg below one is good reason to look further at the business. It's a low low ratio. And EV EBITDA 12 times falling to 10.8 times. So you know, growth expected in EBITDA. So well worth, electric components, well worth a, a continued look, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a good highlight. And um, I guess they've also been sharp because I haven't seen the figures for the, their expenditure on their business, but um, the America's um, strength resulted from, you know, a significant, I guess a significant amount of investment over recent years. So that's led to higher digital share and greater product depth, et cetera. So, um, no, thanks for bringing that one to our attention. Yep. And, and, and uh, yep, sorry. A, 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 a final one from me, David. Yep. Uh, again, this is, you know, this is one that we've mentioned on podcasts before, and it's Sumero Enterprises. The ticket is SOM. The market cap is 252 million, and they have four-year results. The Sumero is, I think, think primarily uh, US based, well it's US based, it's Sumero Enterprises Inc, there's the clue, um, but they're, they're a manufacturer of laser guided equipment that is used for concrete levelling. Uh -huh. There's an application for tech um, and their equipment is in use in over 90 countries. So for instance, if you had a big e-commerce hub site that you were building, a warehouse, that would need to have a very level concrete floor, um, you know, or you're building a big factory. So, that, so you know, they do very large floors with their concreting kit. Um, and certainly, I think actually with this one, you know, the growth of HubSite's growth of e-commerce has been one of their one of their drivers. But 2021 sales grew by 51% uh, to $133 million, which they say is a record. Now, I've not got, and I should have really, a bit naughty of me, 2019 sales for comparison, because remember, 2020 tends to be a bit of a dip, but I'm not sure for this company. But, but the power of margins, David, which has been the theme for our little podcast today, is, is 
their 51% sales growth dropped through 83% growth in EBITDA. Well, this is the st having strong margins to get that kind of drop through. Um, and they generate an EBITDA of $47.8 million. Uh, and the operating cash uh, grew to 36.9. So this has got year-end cash of $42 uh, million. So cash, margins, good growth markets uh, there for Sonero and uh, paying out a divvy. Very good. Yeah, so I think a number of things we've touched on today are just uh, areas where investors could, um, you know, feel free to do some more deep dive on uh, on the companies, but maybe we've highlighted some areas where you can um, get some exposure and uh, have recurring revenues, protected margins, sorry, strong margins, and uh, that'll weather you out uh, during this uh, particularly tough time. So I think um, maybe we ought to draw it to a close, because I know, Phil, that uh, we've, we've probably pushed your voice box to the limit. Um, so perhaps um, just thank everyone for, for being on the podcast and uh, we'll look forward to another one uh, next week. We will indeed, David. It's been a pleasure.